Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Pro Wrestling Quarterly. I'm your host, Cliff Hickman, from the Cant Repository, and I'm here with my good friend BJ Lisko now from the Akron Beacon Journal. That still feels weird to say. How are you doing, BJ? I'm good, Cliff. How are you, man? Oh, we're hanging in there, and we've got another great pay-per-view coming up here. Absolutely, man. Revolution is uh, is Sunday night. Uh, very much looking forward to it. The build for this one has been really cool with a lot of these matches. So yeah, you know, AEW's, uh, uh, really on a high and, and now on the news that, uh, Tony Khan has bought Ring of Honor. That is very, very interesting. I was, uh, I thought it might be a possibility they were for sale. I wasn't sure how interested AEW would be. And, uh, it turns out Tony Khan was very, very interested it was for sale. Yeah, I'm curious to see what happens with that as far as, I mean, I know he wants the library of all the, uh, the old matches and, and all that footage, you know, for the potential, uh, you know, streaming service he wants to start or whatever network he wants to start there with all that, uh, all that content on it. But I'm curious to see where, uh, that ends up on TV. Like if there's going to be a TV deal with Ring of Honor, if that's going to be, you know, a, a YouTube sort of thing or, yeah, I'm just I'm curious to see where that lands because there's a lot of great talent in Ring of Honor and, uh, it'd be cool to, you know, see some of those, uh, crossovers between there and AEW. It sounds like they're going to continue operating it in some fashion, according to some of the reports I've seen today. I mean, they are, I mean, Sinclair had them. They were owned by a major network, but it never felt like it. They'd always put them in syndication at like, you know, 3 a.m. on Fox Sports Ohio or whatever regional sports network you had after the, the Fox sale. And they sold a lot of those to Sinclair. But, yeah, it would probably help that product a lot if they got on a regular schedule with some eyes on it. I don't think the problem okay. was ever the talent it was just they were always on at weird times other than like going on the internet i know they posted them on uh, fight tv and some of those places where you could get the hour-long weekly show but you kind of had to search it out yeah absolutely i think uh you know if if nothing else the the visibility under tony khan is going to be a lot more for that so uh, but it'll be good to see i'm curious to see where that goes i i i could sort of suspected that was what uh he was going to announce they were talking about something else, something having to do with it, some deal with HBO. That they, they, you know, there was a lot of rumors floating around. Um, but I kind of thought that, and the only reason I really thought this was because the whole uh, Briscoes FTR sort of feud on Twitter going back and forth, and that you know the Briscoes weren't getting signed uh, by AEW, you know, um, which seemed very curious to me. And uh, you know, now we probably know why because they're going to end up staying with, uh, in Ring of Honor, and then, you know, that's a, a great way to have uh, sort of uh, the, uh, the the cross promotion there. Yes, it sounds like if they do continue to operate Ring of Honor, you're going to see that where guys kind of bounce back and forth between the two shows and. 
a lot of guys in the, you know, AEW have so much history there, so it makes a lot of sense. Now, FTR and the Briscoes, that's a new matchup, and that, obviously, if you want to start the new company with a bang, that's obviously something I think people would pay money to see, myself included. That's kind of a, a premier matchup and something that I think would be really, really phenomenal. Oh no, absolutely, man, absolutely, and uh, like I said, we're very much looking forward to it. But uh, but also looking forward to Revolution here on Sunday, and uh, let's get into some of these matches here. Uh, according to this, there's 11 matches on the card. Um, you know, starting with uh, which is well, this first one I'm sure is going to be <laughs> a bit of a squash. Uh, Hook versus QT Marshall um, in a singles match, and uh, you know that I, I you know, <laughs> they've. Really kind of positioned to hook, um, you know, to be sort of this, uh, submission sort of specialist. Um, you know, all of his, uh, all of his matches, you know, have pretty much been squashes and everything so far. And I don't know that QT Marshall is going to put up, uh, much of a fight here, uh, here either. Just another way for Hook to get, uh, another sort of quality win as he, uh, kind of gets a little more experience and, uh, and builds sort of, builds towards his future. Yeah, they've done a really good job of building him up. And there is the natural storyline where, QT Marshall and the Nightmare Factory and all those things. He did train with those guys for a long time. So it also puts him against comfortable opponents, too, and that know his style and know what he can do and really accentuate what he does well. But he's turned into kind of a, a legitimate phenomenon. He's moving a lot of merchandise, Hook is. Yeah, um, it's it's crazy. The reaction that he's gotten, um very, very surprised. You know, I was kind of sort of taken aback by how just how uh how much the fans reacted to him, you know, just right off the right from the rip, you know. Um just 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 with the just with 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 a little more than a catchphrase and a couple holds, you know. Um yeah, but uh but they're definitely building him into uh into something special. So it'll be cur- uh, you know it'll be uh, I'll be curious to see uh you know sort of how he develops here over the course of the next six months to a year. Yes, and they they do do a decent job of, of building up new talent they're looking to push and realizing when somebody's hot and keeping them in a good position, which uh, some bigger companies still can't figure out. So that's kind of half the battle. But, yeah, I was surprised when they first announced Hook was going to be wrestling. I actually kind of shrugged. I was like, well, I, you know, I've never seen him. He's been here for a couple years. He's really young. How good could he be to – being really impressed, especially he's, he's pretty strong, especially he showed that off uh, against one of the members of Bear Country where he was suplexing him around. That really caught my attention where I was like, well, this this is a legitimate prospect. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see. And, uh, you know, once he in two, it'll be interesting to see once he starts to have you know, some more matches and some more kind of traditional sort of matches, you know, I mean, obviously, um, you know, they're building him here and they're doing what they should do and really kind of protecting him. But um, when he gets in the match where, you know, he's running the ropes a little bit more and doing a little bit more sort of uh, traditional wrestling, um, it'll be curious to see, uh, but, uh, but, you know, so far so good. So, you know, there's no, no, no complaints for me on, uh, on, on hook to this point, but uh, next up on the card, another singles match. This is another one that's, um, Sort of a, it's had a build, I guess, you know, I mean, it gets kind of lost in a lot of everything else going on here. And, uh, you know, this is either probably going to be a pre-show match or sort of a, sort of a filler one, but, uh, Chris Statlander versus legit Layla Hirsch. I, I got to think Statlander's going over here. They got rid of that whole alien gimmick off of Statlander, which I'm glad they did. Um, uh, but, you know, she's one of the better, um, in-ring performers and, and, and Layla Hirsch isn't bad either. I just don't know, um, 
sort of compared to everything else in this card, this one uh, is definitely sort of uh, uh, shadowed by the rest of uh, the rest of the show here. Yes, I, I think they did announce at the tail end of this week's Dynamite that was, in fact, going to be on the buy in the pre-show there. But, uh, I mean, it speaks to the depth and the things they're doing well when that's a story they've kind of worked on for a couple months on Rampage and Dynamite and short little vignettes. But at least they're sticking with it and giving you some kind of payoff and not just letting it disappear. They're going to finish it. And, yes, I'd imagine – uh, Chris Statlander would come out on top on that one. Uh, Layla Hirsch is, is a good, legitimate athlete, a really good wrestler. Uh, the knock on her is she's very, very short. Uh, that's about the only negative you can really say. I mean, she has a really good style, but uh, I think just looking at it, yeah, I think this is a Statlander win. Yeah, you know, uh, another, another match here, another women's match uh, on the card. Uh, for the uh, AEW uh, TBS Championship, uh, Jade Cargill versus Ty Conti. Now, Jade Cargill looks like a million dollars. Um, she's still so green in the ring, like, and some of some of her botches are just like, oh my god! Like, I mean, it's never not entertaining to watch one of her matches. Like, you have to watch it just because even if there's like going to be a screw. I mean, she looks great, number one, you know, and and and, and what she does well. I mean, I guess. How do I, how do I want to phrase it? There's certain things that she does really well. Um, but yeah, she's still, still, still very green. And this against Ty Conti, um, you know, I, I, I would expect there's probably going to be, um, you know, some, some mess ups here and there, uh, in this as well. We'll, you know, we'll see how much they let them, you know, really kind of get into and do. Uh, but I got to think Jade Cargill, you know, you're not going to pull that championship off of her. Um, Anytime soon. I don't think they're going to do it. I mean, Ty Conti is very popular with the fans, but I don't think she's quite ready, um, you know, to, 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 to have that sort of spotlight on her, uh, you know, quite, quite as much as, uh, as, as Jade Cargill is. No, I think they're going to protect that winning streak for just a, just a while longer with Jade Cargill. And yeah, she is, uh, kind of, uh, it's interesting. You think back to this is a bigger example, but. You know, and it's not nearly at this same level, but Bill Goldberg back then, it's kind of a similar thing where you just keep the streak going. And I mean, he had his fair share of it. Yeah, he still does sometimes, <laughs> that, you know, interesting moments as you put them there in between the ropes. But I actually, there's something there with Jade Cargill. She does have, uh, you know, just kind of an innate charisma, and she's kind of owned the green thing. If you notice, she keeps saying she's green like money, which I always get a laugh out of every time she says it. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, she definitely, uh, yeah, she definitely knows kind of, you know, I, I think the, the the knocks against her, and I think with with her too, it's uh, it's just something I, you know, she's going to get it, you know, before long. It's just that she just they put the vote on her, and she looks so great, and then, but yeah, she. Is she is sort of so green, but again, in in that you know, there's not a lot of um, the women's roster, you know, outside of WWE, really isn't really isn't very deep, you know, uh, in, in any wrestling promotion, um, and it's really not very deep in in AEW either. So it's not like she's you know, uh, you know, she she's not like. It's not like so bad that like she's just sticking out like there's all this amazing talent you know in that women's division and you know she's uh she's bringing it down it's it, it, it's it's nothing like that so uh but no she'll definitely get it uh she'll definitely get it you know sooner than later and uh, and yeah I I think like you said uh, the streak continues here for her um, 
and and kind of an interesting note, at least more up this way. Did you know she is married to uh, former? I guess. Well, I get. Do we call them the Cleveland Guardians now, or? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, the, go, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Guardians and Cincinnati Reds infielder Brandon Phillips. I did not know that. I read an article about her, and that's that was an interesting tidbit that stuck out to me. Seriously, she's married to Brandon Phillips. I did not know yeah. that. Yes, I used that, to. I, I didn't know that either. I was uh, was like, oh yeah, I re- you know, I remember Eric Wedge botching him and giving him to the Reds for a bunch of All Star years. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I, I'm obviously I'm a Reds fan. Uh, I'm a big Reds fan. And so, yeah, I, I've always loved when, when Brandon Phillips was there just because, and, and it was always funny to see him, um, when the Reds played the Cardinals with him because he was just like, he would always egg the Cardinals on. There would always be some kind of fight and it was always Brandon <laughs> Phillips sort of egging it on, but it was always entertaining. But yeah, he did give, uh, he, he did, he did play, you know, if he wasn't an all-star, he had some all-star caliber years there, uh, for, for a couple of years before uh, they let him go. But yeah, that's a fun fact. I did not know that. Yeah. I, she kind of explained the thing. WWE wanted her pretty badly. Um, but she had some other, they're really uncomfortable with outside endorsements and she has a bunch of them, you know, and you could probably tell just from the fitness standpoint, a lot of companies. Uh, sure. used her for things and she said WWE wanted her to drop all that and she's like that's like my income you know <laughs> exactly right yeah right. I mean they were gonna pay enough to offset that so that was kind of a big factor and you know it just AEW seemed more like a family-like atmosphere it seemed like so it okay. was an interesting article I learned uh, quite a bit so I think uh yeah, yeah it's a person you kind of root for you hope she and I, like you said I think she will get it for sure, you know. Next up on the card here, we have a six-man tornado tag team match against a, a, a which a, a, a H F O. Boy, that's hard to that's hard to say. Um, it's it is. Un- it's, un- it's longer by the day. Andrade El Idoli. I don't know. I can't even pronounce Andrade. We're just gonna call him Andrade because I can't pronounce his last name. Um, Isaiah Cassidy and Matt Hardy versus Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, and Sting. Um, I think this, you know, there wasn't a whole heck of a lot of build to this, whatever. I think this was just a way to get to get Darby, Sammy, and Sting on the show, and you know, Andrade, Isaiah, and Matt are just going to be sort of the uh, the the pawns that get beat up here. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't expect any surprises out of this one. Just a a whole lot of chaos, and then for Darby, Sammy, and Sting to get the win. No, the only hope the AFHO, AFHO has of a win is probably. Some dissension in the ranks between Darby and Sammy or something like that. <laughs> Otherwise, you would imagine, you know, usually when they view Sting, Sting is one. They usually don't toss him out there just to toss him out there. Right. And, you know, and speaking of, you know, uh, Matt Hardy is just, I don't know that anybody has missed the mark for me as much as Matt Hardy has in AEW. I mean, with everything he's done, and he's changed about six times already. Boy, uh, he needs his brother there, <laughs> so they can just go be the Hardy Boys, and he can be, he can finally be, you know, uh, a gimmick and a, and a, he, he can just go back to being what he was, cause I mean, all these different things he's tried, it's just been, I, I, none of it's clicked. I mean, and every time he's kind of on there, it's just like, boy, I don't, I don't know that I really want to see him until his brother's there. I think that they may be getting pretty close, and who knows, maybe this is where he leaves the AFHO or something along those lines. Uh, It'll be interesting to see which version of the uh, Hardy Boys we do end up getting. It certainly sounds like, I guess, uh, Jeff Hardy was doing a 
a concert and kind of was uh, talking to a fan at a meet and greet and, and the fan kind of leaked some of the things that were said, even though he wasn't supposed to, but it sure seems like he's headed AEW. Do you get the classic Hardy boys or do, do you want the broken version of uh, broken Matt Hardy and brother Nero? Yeah. I mean, I guess it just depends on whether they want him to be babyface or heel or not, but I don't even know. I mean, I, I, they could probably be babyface or heel under either one of those versions. Um, you know, they can kind of make it work uh, either way, but uh, it'll be cool to see them, you know, when they do come in. I'm sure they'll get a huge pop when that when that happens. And, uh, you know, and, and luckily for Matt Hardy, um, when that does happen, all will be forgiven. <laughs> the fans will just be like, oh, great, it's the Hardy Boys again, and pretty much forget about everything he's done up to this point there, um, which is good for him because uh, he, he's going to be able to get a fresh start here as soon as his brother comes in. Yeah, he's had kind of a tough road just early on. Like you said, the constant changing, and I know they were trying to do some things with private party there. But then at a certain point, especially when, like, the Eddie Kingston stable broke up, they were like, well, we don't know what to do with the the Butcher and the Blade. Well, you can just have them. <laughs> right. Because, I mean, that was a decent team, but it just really felt like no rhyme or reason why they ended up with Matt Hardy. They just kind of did. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to him kind of, you know, at least being on the path to something better here, uh, you know, you know, pretty soon and sort of out of this, uh, out of some of these gimmicks that he's had. Well, uh, next up on the list, a three-way tag team match for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. It's Jurassic Express versus Red Dragon, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, uh, versus the Young Bucks. I don't know where, where they're going to go with this one. There's a lot of different possibilities. I don't think Jurassic Express are going to have those titles for very long, um, just because of the other talent, you know, in that division. And I, I do think that the Young Bucks eventually are going to get it back, and Red Dragon could get it back as well too. I mean, now you also have um, uh, Malachi Black, and who's uh, who is his partner, or who just came with Malachi Black too? That's another. That's another. That's another oh, big, tech. big bad Brody King. That's a <laughs> that's a nasty team. I like them a lot. Right, so there's some good stuff there, but um, in this match specifically, I could see FTR getting involved in this match and screwing over somebody, or screwing over both Red Dragon and the Young Bucks, considering um, in the last two weeks, uh, you know, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly and and like they've screwed over FTR in those in those battle royals and stuff that they were in, and they, I mean, and they literally set up those spots, um, you know, to screw them and everything else too. So I got to think that FTR is going to play a part in this. In, uh, and so my prediction is Jurassic Express is going to retain, um, through some nefarious means. But, uh, how do you see it? Well, I think this has the potential to kind of steal the show just because, I mean, the Young Bucks and Red Dragon have so much history together and have done so many great matches over the year. And then I, I'm sure Jungle Boy can fit right in there with no problem. And the Luchasaurus will probably, you know, they can find ways to work there. Uh, um, is probably the polite way to, to say it. <laughs> um, yeah. But, I mean, he's big, he's athletic. You, you just worry about maybe an injury or something there. But, you know, they, I for some reason, my brain is telling me Red Dragon, and I don't know why I have that feeling. I don't even know why I could explain it. It just feels like there's a shift going towards Adam Cole and – you know, Red Dragon right now. 
Well, I mean, if they do that shift and that that's that's where it goes, boy, I hope they get serious fast because you know Adam Cole and and even Red Dragon a lot to this point, you know, uh, just by association with Adam Cole. I mean, some of the stuff that Adam Cole's done is just uh, it's been way off the mark for me. I, I you know um, he was so good in NXT and then when he came here. Um, you know, I, I watch his matches and I'll watch him like he's wrestled on dark a couple times and he's like given all this offense to these unknown guys where it's taken him. He's having 15, 20 minute matches with guys you never heard of. And it's like, why are you having so much trouble with this? And then, you know, Orange Cassidy basically hugged him on top of a ladder to beat him. Like, I, I have no idea what that was. Um, so I would really like for these these three um, to kind of step up sort of the serious level of, you know, the seriousness level of of what they're doing because uh, when they do, as we've seen before, um, I, they're, they're one of the best factions in all of wrestling. I kind of see something forming there, with, especially with uh... – they, they've kind of left the thread hang with Jay White, but I, I think there's, I, with New Japan and now Ring of Honor coming into the fold with AEW, you, the, you know, famously New Japan borrowed the Los and Gobernables trademark for a group of guys and became Los and Gobernables de Japón, like kind of a offshoot. You wonder if there's a Bullet Club of America or something in the works with, uh, Probably Red Dragon and Adam Cole would be my guess. Mm. No, quite, quite, quite possible. Um, and yeah, but uh, like I said, this match um, it could go a variety of ra- a variety of ways. And uh, yeah, we'll see what we'll see who uh, who comes out on top here. And just uh, you know, if, you, you know, I'm I'm an FTR mark, so anything to uh, get FTR on the show <laughs> and get them back into uh, the mix for those tag team titles is uh, is, is what I'm always rooting for. Yeah, I I just I just have this feeling, especially I know Impact is kind of a is kind of you know not a lot of people watch it, but there is movement going on with the Bullet Club over there. It was Jay White and then Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa. Those guys were like original members, and they were going up against the Good Brothers who worked in AEW until that working relationship with Impact expired. Well, Switchblade. Turned on uh, Tamatanga and Tongaloa, and now it's the Good Brothers and Jay White and Chris Bay is kind of an offshoot of the Bullet Club there. And they tagged uh, the Young Bucks and Adam Cole and all those guys when they did it. So I just I think there's a thread there. There's something going on. Mm-hmm. Quite possibly. Well, next up on uh, next up on the Revolution card, I got John Mopsy versus Brian Danielson. Um, this one also a potential to be a show stealer. Um, you know it's going to be good. Nothing Brian Danielson has done since coming to AEW uh, has been less than stellar. So you know him and Moxley. I mean, this is going to be uh, you know a knockdown dragout fight. Um, and I I I I don't know who they're going to let. Who's going to win this? Um, Part of me, part of me thinks Danielson is going to, um, but you know, you never know because you know Moxley has been sort of away and in, 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 you know, when he was uh, in rehab and all that, so he was gone for a little while. Um, so I mean, I guess you know, logic would probably say it's going to be Moxley, but for some reason, I, 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 I think they're going to give it to Danielson on this, um, and I just I'm looking forward to this match. Wh- whoever wins, I'm looking forward to this match. Yes, I. I just have a feeling Danielson. I think it'll it might be more technical than you've seen from Moxley before. I think this, you know, both of them have that they train MMA on the side. I think you may see 
something more in that style than the regular brawling Moxley brings. I think it's going to maybe show a completely different side of him that he's going to be able to show off in this match. So I'm really interested for it. I just have this feeling that uh, Danielson is going to, you know, they haven't, they haven't risked him too much here lately. Yeah. You know, um, uh, Moxley can do, he's a good wrestler and he can do a lot of stuff. Um, he just sort of chooses not to sometimes like he just does the brawling thing, you know, and, uh, or he's doing some, some extreme angle or whatever. Um, but he is a, a very good wrestler when you, and when he does get in and, and actually, you know, do the, the, the technical side of stuff, um, you know, he's shown he can do it. And, 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 you know, he's with Danielson. I mean, with Danielson, I'm sure Danielson's the one that's going to be leading this match. And, uh, you know, he's just, I mean, he's so good at putting matches together um, that this is, like I said, I, this has a potential to be a show stealer to me. Um, and I, yeah, again, I just, I, I just can't wait to see it. Yeah, that, uh, it could be certainly in contention for match of the night. I think it'll probably either be this one or the, the trios tag match, depending on uh, what type of style you prefer, basically. It may come down to that. <laughs> you know, next up, uh, we got Chris Jericho against Eddie Kingston. Um, I'm curious with this one. You know, Eddie Kingston is such a um, a huge, a huge fan favorite, um, and he's clearly a babyface here. And you, you got to think this is where Jericho turns back heel. Um, you know, Jericho is cutting the promos about Eddie Kingston not being able to win the big one. Um, I could complete, you know, and then him saying, "Yeah, I'll shake your hand if you do afterwards." I can completely see. Kingston getting the win, Jericho acting like he's going to shake his hand, and then just, you know, either Santana Ortiz are back with him or Jake Hager or something where they jump Eddie Kingston and just and just beat him up, and and, and this is where uh, Jericho uh, goes back to being a heel. Um, so, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm interested in this one as well, not uh, so much from the technical aspect of it because I don't know it's going to be, the, you know, that technically it's going to be the greatest match. Um, in the world, but I, I know they'll, 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 they'll tell a good story with it and it's certainly going to be entertaining. Yes. Um, my thing is, I think, um, I think you're right. I think, I think first of all, this is Eddie Kingston's time to get a big win. I think he's, uh, reading a lot of interviews with him. He's been very serious about, he, he said he wants to improve his body. He really wants to get himself in line for a world championship opportunity. And to me, this sets up as maybe the beginning of perhaps bigger things for him and to push him kind of, you know, whatever they give him a good match, he always comes up just a little bit short. And Chris Jericho's even mentioned that in the promos, but I, I think this is the time for him to get a good win. And you're, I think you're right. Something is up with Jericho. He's, he may be the smartest ever about knowing when it's time to uh, move on to a, a different a different aspect of his character or explore a different trade or change his, you know, persona entirely. And I just get the feeling that we're probably on the cusp of the inner circle just imploding and all those guys going their separate way and him looking to try or do something new. I think Eddie Kingston's probably going to win. And then I could see him shaking his hand and then pulling him into a Judas effect or something like that afterward and leaving the inner circle jacket laying and, and mm. just going in it. And I don't know, there's never been anyone smarter about adjusting his character to when it's needed. And I, I just get the feeling 
he would rather do it sooner than later. Historically, he's kind of done it sooner than later. And like you said, there's been a, a noted shift in his tone from where he was pretty much a baby face the last uh, year. So now he's, he's definitely kind of playing the heel in these promos and that sort of thing. So there's there's something up there. And I I don't know, maybe, maybe it's not what I think it is, but I, I think he may be looking to – he might have an idea or something new on the horizon. Yeah, you know, I, I thought some of his best work in his career was when he – the, those first months of AEW where he was the heel champion, you know, and I thought he did some great, great stuff in that first year. And then, you know, he kind of got away from it. Um, it kind of went into a little bit more of the silly kind of stuff. Um, you know, he wasn't as serious and, you know, uh, you know, and obviously the, through the pandemic, they were doing all kinds of things just to try to entertain people. So I understand sort of the, uh, uh, the sidestep into the, you know, the stadium stampedes and that sort of thing. But, um, I thought he was his best when, when I still think, I think throughout his career, he's been best when he is the heel. Um, and when, you know, when he's sort of the, the ruthless, just nasty heel. And I, and I, I really want him to return to that here. And I think, you know, like you said, um, you know, nobody's been better at, uh, at knowing when the time is right to change their character again or, 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 or to, or to switch things up. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just curious to see exactly what that all entails. If that entails the inner circle. Totally breaking up if that entails, all right, part of the inner circle stays or, or, or Jericho's on his own or, um, I'm, I'm real curious because Santana and Ortiz are another a great tag team here that have really not gotten any kind of push at all. Um, and I gotta think that, that they're gonna go out on their own. But then that last promo that they did, um, on Dynamite here this past week kind of left me, uh, I, I was kind of scratching my head a little bit where they did the fist bump there at the end and it was like, Okay, like are they staying with them then, or <laughs> what is what's kind of going on here? So I'm really curious to see uh, what happens. I think Eddie Kingston wins the wins the match. I just I'm curious to see what happens after. That yeah, I I think my personal favorite version of Chris Jericho as of recently was probably the and they've only used it a couple times in AEW, maybe the very first show, and then that that street fight earlier this year, which I, I didn't, I didn't think that was the, maybe the best use of that character, but the pain maker mm-hmm. with the face paint and the, the spikes in Japan, that was a, he used it as a no frills, no nonsense, really kind of nasty character that was, you know, trying to, you know, injure people. And, you know, the stuff with he did with Tetsuya Naito was fantastic. And I would love to, see something you know more gritty kind of like that that he did which i mean it was a big departure (laughs) it was clear you weren't watching wwe chris jericho when he showed up in new japan and was doing that character and jumping evil and tetsuya naito and those guys and taking the iwgp intercontinental title it it was it was a, a little more it was just, I don't know, there was something very real and primal about it I liked a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, just when you think, um, just when he starts to get a little uh, too much of the same thing, kind of, the, he, he switches it up. So, yeah, he's definitely going to switch it up here. Just curious to see exactly uh, exactly what it is. Um, next up on the card, we have the Face of the Revolution ladder match uh, for a future shot at the AEW TNT Championship. 
Um, this one has a potential to be uh, a show stealer as well. And I, this is going to be, this, this might kick off the show actually. Um, Keith Lee versus Orange Cassidy versus Powerhouse Hobbs versus Ricky Starks versus Wardlow versus Christian Cage, uh, Christian Cage or Ethan Page. I guess not both of them. Um, and I'm assuming that's going to be Christian Cage. That, that's got to be a, I'm, I'm guessing that's a, a rampage match maybe to get into it. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, this one, um, you know, it's a, one, it's a ladder match. The guys that are in it, especially, you know, you've got Keith Lee, who's, who's like a giant. Powerhouse Hobbs is very big. Warlow's another giant. And then you got, you know, Orange Cassidy, Ricky Starks, who are going to take some crazy bumps in this. Um, <laughs> I hope nobody gets seriously hurt in this match, um, given the nature of it. But boy, it's going to be entertaining for sure. Yeah, that's uh that's gonna be pretty wild. I ex- I expect that to be a a real spectacle. I I think this is gonna be a big showcase, especially for someone like Keith Lee that was I think I'm sure he probably felt pretty handcuffed in WWE as far as you know, you don't know how much is true, but what you read about them not wanting him to do this or you know, that or don't use this move. Don't use that move. You'd imagine he's probably going to want to show off a little bit here in this one. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I got to think the winner of this is either Keith Lee or Wardlow. I um, think Wardlow, to be honest. That's my personal thing. I think this is the spot for him. I think so, too. I mean, the whole Powerbomb Symphony has really gotten over. Um, he's getting bigger reactions. Uh you know, every week he gets a bigger reaction wherever he goes with that. Um, and yeah, like they teased him splitting up against, you know, splitting up with MJF again. Uh, I do think that's coming. I think he's going to kick the crap out of Sean Spears first, um, before he goes to MJF. If that's the direction they go and if they split MJF off of CM Punk, um, you know, here after this, you know, if this is it for the MJF CM Punk feud for now, um, you know, I, I could see them, uh, you know, logically going to that, uh, Going to that next, but uh, but yeah, I, I I agree. I think it's a big spot for Wardlow, um, and yeah, I do think it's it's you know certainly possible Wardlow gets the win here. Um, you know, goes for the TNT Championship, and that sets up a whole other uh, avenue of possibilities. Uh, you know, as far as MJF said on this last promo on Dynamite, yeah, you can keep it if you win it. Um, but you know, you, you got to think that there's uh, you know they're teasing what's sort of coming next, and they've been teasing that for a long, long time. Um, and unless they you know, pull another swerve, um, like they did uh, even the last time with MJF and Punk, where Wardlow helped MJF out, um, which I don't think they're going to do twice in a row, but maybe they will. But uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I'm with you here. I think I think you know Wardlow and Keith Lee are going to be featured heavily in this match, and I think Wardlow does get the win. Yeah, I think Wardlow, they've done a really great job of kind of building this story. And they haven't just turned him to turn him. They've got it to a really good point where the fans actually want to see it instead of them just doing it to kind of do it. Even I find myself pulling, you know, every time for him to go out and just dump Sean Spears on his head a couple times. <laughs> so it's... uh it's getting to that point. It kind of feels like uh, it's not so much in card positioning, but what I remember with Batista and Triple H where they spent a long time building up that turn, and it ended up being really big when they pulled the trigger on it. And I get I get the feeling that he would get 
at least initially a massive spike in, you know, crowd reaction from a turn at this point. For sure. Yeah. And from what he does from there is kind of, you know, that's, that's up in the air. I'm not saying he's going to be the next world champion. He he could be, you know, you never know when someone's going to get hot and just take off. But from there, it's, uh, you know, it's, you know, that's, uh, he'll be in an interesting spot where he is primed for at least bigger matches and maybe really big things if he continues to, to, to build, I think. And, you know, if you remember, Batista was pretty green when they turned him on Triple H. It took him a little bit and he did eventually get, you know, really, really good and could handle himself in those big matches. This might be a little controversial. I think Wardlow's probably, probably ahead of where Batista was at the point where he turned at least in ring from a performance standpoint. Yeah, they've really built Wardlow up, uh, nice. It's been a, a slow build with him. Um, but the fans have, you know, just gotten behind him a little, you know, little by little by little. So we're now, you know, um, you know, he, he is, he's getting, he's getting great pops and people are really curious to see, uh, what he's going to do next. So, you know, AW, you know, with a couple, a couple of minor exceptions where, you know, uh, he might have lost when he shouldn't have, um, you know, but again, I, I can't tell you when he lost when he shouldn't have. I know, I know it happened, but, uh, but that I'm not remembering it means that he's just overshadowed. Uh, any sort of sidestep that there's been as far as the booking has been concerned. Um, and they've been, the booking has been pretty, really, uh, pretty good, um, on him for the most part anyway. So, so yeah, I'm curious to see where he goes next. Um, and, 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 uh, and really excited to see, you know, kind of how big, um, the whole Powerbomb Symphony thing can get and sort of how, how kind of organic of a run he can have. No, oh, exactly. It's kind of like, I, I think he's in a position WWE always wants to get their guys in where they're, but you can't force it. it it's kind of up to, it's up to the audience and it's up to the guys to connect with the audience. And I don't know. I just see something there. He's connected with the audience. They want it. Um, they can feel it. You see the connection there. And that's just, that's something you can't generate. You, you can write whatever you want, but you can't make them quite connect like that. And that's where I see maybe the spark of something pretty special there forming. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, next up on the card, uh, Dr. Britt Baker DMD versus Thunder Rosa for the AW Women's World Championship. Um, the last time these two fought was one of the most memorable matches in really in AW history. Um, you know, they were both just beaten and bloodied, although I think that was, the, that was a street fighter. That was a, definitely a no DQ match. Um, because, uh, lights out, it technically doesn't count on the win loss record. As gotcha. Baker's yeah. always said. <laughs> gotcha. That, yeah, you're right. That's it. Um, this one, uh, is just a singles match. If they don't get to, you know, I, I think this is going to be a great match. I don't know how you top that last one, although I would like to just see them have a straight match and just see how, you know, uh, ring psychology and, 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 and it could, because I think they're both talented enough to do that and still get the match, you know, plenty over, uh, and, and, and have plenty of interest without having to add, you know, too much gaga to it, whether it's tables or kendo sticks or whatever the heck else, you know, that, uh, that, you know, oftentimes gets, just gets allowed for no apparent reason in, in what's supposed to be a regular match. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm curious to see where they go with this. I, I don't, I don't know. Britt Baker's had that belt for a while. I don't know if they, if, if, if they let her drop it yet though. I, 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 you know, as much as I could see them letting, you know, I could see them 
giving this to Thunder Rosa here, um, but I, I'm going to call it. I, I think Britt Baker is going to retain here. I am going to go with Thunder Rosa because they have left that thread hang where she never actually beat her in, you know, a match that technically counted. And although the finish does make me question that of the tag match on Dynamite last night where Thunder Rosa did get the pin mm-hmm. because a couple months ago when they did that with Riho, you know, Britt Baker went out and won at the, the Battle of the Belts and, when you see that, at least in the past on other programs, that's usually a hint that the champion is is going to win the next one in the 50-50 type situation. But I would like to see Thunder Rosa get the win here. I think it would be uh, nice, at least even if it's not for a real long time, just to just change it up a little bit in the women's division here for a bit. Yeah, I agree. I, I I agree with you there. And uh, I mean, if Thunder Rosa doesn't get it here, then I don't I don't know when you come back to her again, um, you know, to get it. So um, you know, for that reason, and she is over. I mean, she's not uh, probably not as popular as, as Britt Baker, but she's definitely over. Um, you know, fans do love her, and uh, and so yeah, I mean, it's it, it'll it'll be interesting to to see if they buck that trend of you know, like you said, Thunder Rosa gets the pin on on Dynamite, and so Britt Baker's you know probably going to win at the pay per view. Um, so yeah, we'll see if, uh, we'll see if Tony Khan bucks that trend with his, uh, with his booking of it. Yeah, that's, I, yeah, because I'm thinking like, who do you do next? She's, uh, Britt Baker's kind of run through just about everybody, and especially the baby face side with Jade Cargill having the other belt is kind of just getting killed right now on a weekly <laughs> basis. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know where they, you know, where they would go next if, uh, if Britt Baker gets the win here, so uh, but yeah, it'll, it, it, it again another another question mark that'll be interesting to see. Um, next up, probably the best build. Uh, we commented uh, a little bit about this before we got on the air here, but uh, one of the best builds uh, in recent memory of any angle, um, and one of the most anticipated matches, pretty much in all of wrestling that I can think of in the last decade, really. CM Punk versus MJF in a dog collar match. Just again, just an awesome build. Uh, MJF pinned CM Punk twice uh, to beat him last time. Um, you know, cuts the amazing babyface promo where he's literally crying on TV. Gets the crowd just to you know, get the crowd that just loves to boo him gets them dead silent and kind of scratching their head. And just the whole build up of this has been great. Then obviously, you know, MJF's gaslighting him. Um, you know, and just the just that image of you know, CM Punk hanging over the top of the rope, you know, by the by the dog collar, you know, getting choked, just bleeding with MJF, um, you know, cutting the promo, throwing back to an old CM Punk promo even too. Yeah, I I I, I can't wait for this. I, this is going to be an amazing match. I I think I would like it. I would like for MJF to win once more against CM Punk and then Punk to beat him, you know, in the rubber match the third time they come, you know, they get together and, and then that sort of be the end of the feud. This might be the end of the feud. CM Punk might win here, although I, again, I'm not going to be. No one's going to be overly disappointed if Punk does win here. But yeah, I just, I, I, I can't wait for this. Yeah, I think I, I think said I looked, but before we did this, I was trying to decide if it was the, uh, it was my favorite feud of just this decade or the new millennium. I don't know. Something about it has really resonated with me. And you know, the the promo last week MJF did was absolutely incredible. The whole thing. And it's it's not just the stuff out of the ring. The match they had in Chicago was absolutely fantastic. I thought that match was superb. So from, 
an in-ring perspective, it's it's delivered as well, you know. They they've really proved that you know they can kind of they did that it was just it was just a, a straight match you know um and, and so it, uh, you know obviously the you know, some nefarious means by it, which MJF wins but that's just what heels do it, you know there wasn't there wasn't anything you know that was that I thought was done you know crazily or overtly everything made sense uh it, it, it held your interest it was just a great a great wrestling angle and a great wrestling match. The dog collar match stipulation here. There's only been one what one other dog collar match in AEW that was uh Brody versus Cody Rhodes, right? And uh so, you know, this here, um uh it, it's it's a stipulation match, but it's not one that's done very often and it's a hard match to do, uh, for sure. But boy, if there's if there's two guys that can tell a story with that and do this, um, it's these two and uh yeah, this this is uh, it's gonna be the feud of the year, <laughs> um, for sure. And, uh, yeah, I, this, I, I can't wait for this match. I'm, I'm gonna, this is gonna be wishful thinking, but I'm gonna pick MJF to win this match. Um, just cause I would like to see this get, I would like to, I would like there to be, you know, a volume three of this before MJF and, you know, it turns and eventually has to, you know, face Wardlow and, or before, I'm sorry, before Wardlow turns. But, uh, but again, I wouldn't be upset if CM Punk won here either. Yeah, I just don't think it's setting up to be just something really special. The whole thing has just been great. I can't, I can't say enough good things about it. I wondered when CM Punk signed with AEW and it's funny. I kind of saw an interview with Eddie Kingston, who I guess is not really a big CM Punk fan, was kind of wondering the same thing where like this guy's kind of got a history as a malcontent and are we going to see, you know, when are we going to see that side of him? And we really haven't yet, but we've seen is a guy that seems genuinely happy and seems to be at the top of his game. You know, the time off does not seem to have had any significant, uh, any significant issues. I think this might be where we get the win and, for CM Punk and and perhaps Wardlow refuses to help or something like that and you start sewing your the final the final nail in the coffin on that or something along those lines. Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up with CM Punk that um yeah we haven't seen him as sort of the malcontent at all yet um it's just been kind of a love affair with fans and um and I I suspect we're gonna see that for a while yet to come I mean they're they're probably gonna give him a good solid year run at least of of this, I mean, because there's no reason to, to for him to flip or anything yet. Um, I mean, they'll, they'll wait, and knowing CM Punk, he'll do it kind of when you don't. I would assume he's going to do it when you when you least expect it too, when it does happen. So yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's still that's still quite a ways away, and CM Punk hasn't even challenged for you know a title belt yet or anything. So you know he's going to be, I think, in the world championship picture before too too long. You know, I mean, there he doesn't need it obviously right now, and they're and they're and you know this is the most anticipated match, you know, on the card with, with, without any kind of belt, uh, you know, belt stipulation to it. So, uh, so yeah, but, but, but again, I, I like, like, like you, I can't say enough good things about, uh, about what's been going on with this feud. So, um, and that brings us and, to, oh, well, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say one last thing. You mentioned the yeah. danger of these, these are kind of legitimately very, very dangerous. And to me, it strikes me as MJF, who is a big fan of wrestling history, and he seems to compare himself to Roddy Piper a lot. This kind of checks off another big Roddy Piper moment, you know, the dog collar match against Greg Valentine at Starcade. 
where Piper said he suffered permanent hearing loss and they showed the clip of Greg Valentine just, you know, bunching the chain up and beating him on the ear until he, until he bled from it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a, uh, it's kind of, a, it's a nice homage to that as well. I guess if you call it nice is dangerous and the long-term consequences it had on the career of Piper. Yeah, no, MJF is definitely uh, a wrestling historian as far as uh, as far as heels are concerned, especially. I mean, he takes from uh, you know just obviously Roddy Piper and some of the greats of of, of Mid South. I mean, just uh, I mean, he's got a little bit of all that. Uh, so yeah, it, 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 it's cool to see him. Cool to see him do this, and uh, and again. You know, just it's going to be uh, just again an, another one I can't wait for. I, I'm I'm worried about this card a little bit that <laughs> by the time we get to some of these matches, you're going to be so exhausted from seeing the ones before. You know, naturally when you see when there's this many good matches on a card, um, you know, there's going to be a fatigue factor at, at at some point. You know, with the crowd and with the you know us and us at home, watching at home even. Um, you know, so uh, you hope that it, it, it makes it really tricky for Tony Khan to kind of book this to where people can kind of catch catch their breath a little bit and the matches are a little bit different you know from from one to the next and uh you know i but i I think cm punk mgf you know if if not the last match it's going to be um you know second to last match or uh you know i i i don't see that one as a or as an opener although although he surprised us before and you know mjf versus darby allen opened uh their last pay-per-view and i thought that was one of the best matches i've seen in AEW history i mean that was an amazing match between those two yeah, it's um he seems to have his pulse on the finger. I think that the one he said he's struggling with placing in an interview yesterday, and it's the the one we're probably getting ready to talk about is the world championship match. And he mentioned the same thing. He's he said, you know, where where do you place that when there's so many other emotional, you know, matches placed on the show? Exactly, exactly. So yeah, well getting to the mat that match uh, for the AW World Championship, it's Hangman Adam Page versus Adam Cole. You know, there hasn't been a ton of build up for this. There's been some, you know, and, and again, we mentioned Adam Cole before. I, I think he's been really sort of misused since he's, since he's come here. Um, you know, hanging with the Bucks and it's just been all kind of, it, it really hasn't been very serious and he hasn't really been presented, you know, as this, uh, just as the, as the immense talent that he was, um, and the men's, the men's character that he was sort of an NXT. Uh, it, it feels like that's switching around here a little bit. Um, but I still don't think he's going to win this match. I think they're going to keep this, the, the belt on, on Adam Page. And, and Adam Page is another guy too that, you know, the fans love, but he's another guy that hasn't really been booked super well. You know, he's kind of bounced around with the dark order. Um, it, it just, you know, the fans want to love him. Um, you know, and they do love him, but it just something just, just this hasn't quite clicked for me with him yet um you know as 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 the champion i, I just I, I i don't know what are your thoughts i i i think he's been and through no fault of his own um i don't know i i was kind of ready for danielson <laughs> to win the belt i thought he was actually and i know it would have made adam page look bad had they done that and taken off of taken it off of him right away and i think the right call from a technical standpoint, would was to keep it on him, but at the same time, I don't know. It just wasn't connecting with me. His his entire run as champion, something's just it's, and I can't put my finger on why, but it's not resonating with me at all. And it's not because the matches are bad or because I don't like him. That's not the case. It's just it's just not. I feel I like. 
he had his great moments. Those those matches with Brian Danielson were fantastic. But I feel like other than Brian Danielson, like Hangman and Page, like his feuds have just like they've, they've they've sort of fallen flat. Like there hasn't been enough of a build to them, or there hasn't just been just something about them is just not is not clicking. I mean, again, him versus Danielson. No complaints about th- about that run at all. I mean, that was that was top notch and some of the best matches we've seen from this company. Um, but yeah, I, I think they're struggling to put him against the right opponents, or they're struggling to give him sort of the proper opponent. Maybe um, you know, you know. I mean, now they got a lot of talent; and they can go a lot of different ways. But yeah, we'll see what happens here. Like again, I, I don't think he's I don't think he's going to lose it to Adam Cole by any means. Um, but I really would like to see him get in a in a, in a really good feud, uh, you know, against somebody at some point that really kind of uh, that really kind of draws you in. Uh, and I we've actually gone the opposite way, which is good because it means they're doing the right thing. But I think this might be the the spot for Adam Cole to win it, mainly because I look at the roster and I think what's next for Hangman Page. And to be honest, I don't necessarily have a great answer for who would be next to challenge him. I'm with you, you know, and it's the whole thing's been kind of weird with him and the Dark Order. Like the Dark Order have just sort of hung around, you know, and I, I think that's might be a sort of a tribute to Brody Lee, I guess, you know, but you know, they're, they're the dark order are job guys basically at this point, you know, they're mid card guys. They really are. You hit on something there. I was like, they have not, they've just not progressed at all or they're kind of in a, they're kind of in this weird state, you know, where they get cheered, but they're not, they're just not going anywhere. And, you know, it just, when I looked at that match on Dynamite where you had Red Dragon and Cole and then you have Hangman Page and then no offense to Silver and Reynolds, but there was, there was two links to that equation that I was kind of, I was like, well, Hangman really got himself in a handicap situation here, you know? Yeah, I don't think him hanging around the Dark Order has helped him at all. I just, I just don't. I don't think it's, it's, it hasn't made him come off any more serious. It hasn't, it hasn't upped his, you know, he's he's sort of kept the Dark Order relevant. Uh, in the Dark Order, have kind of kept him from going to probably where he needs to be as the champion. You know, in, in terms of a, in terms of popularity, in terms of really kind of clicking with the audience. You know, so yeah, I mean, I I think this match is going to be great because both guys in it are are tremendous. Um, and I I do I hope they have a great match in in, in whether or not. They they take the belt off of Adam Page and they might you know you never know um but uh but yeah if you if you give the belt to Cole here boy you gotta you gotta change his his whole everything he's been doing to this point you really gotta change in a hurry you know if you're gonna make him serious that's you know that's sort of a shock to the system to do but you know everything as far as uh, and obviously they're teasing the Young Bucks against Red Dragon which is good you know they need to split off Adam Cole out of that. Um, and that seems to be the direction they're going, and 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 I do. I just I I, I want to see Adam Cole like he was uh, when he just wowed me in NXT. Yeah, I I think Kenny Omega's got to be getting close to coming back, and that's probably the other. That is the one that I think is probably going to be the end game at some point. Those guys have been teasing that feud for years with him and Adam Cole. So I think that's one that is going to happen. And there's, you know, there's other guys that could challenge. I see more potential world championship matches and more really good ones with Adam Cole than I do with Adam Page right now. 
I agree, and I I I hope as well. I mean, now we're talking about all these facts. I I hope that the young bucks uh, go back to being baby faces. Um, I, I really in, in Kenny Omega when he comes back, like I I think you're gonna get the Bullet Club. I think you're gonna get some new version of the Bullet Club, and the Elite is gonna be something separate. And I think Hangman Page. I think they're gonna bring that full circle where you have Jay White. Adam Cole and Red Dragon against Hangman, uh, Omega and the Young Bucks as the baby faces and some type of, you might do the, what do they call it? Blood and guts, the war games type thing or something or a stadium stampede. I could see that in the offing or so that's just where my mind goes and maybe totally wrong, but yeah, you know, I, I just, I want the Young Bucks have not worked for me as heels, um, and I don't know that they've worked for anybody else's heels really either. They were just kind of like, all right, you know, they were just, they were always, they were just always better as, as faces and, you know, uh, and kind of battling from underneath and everything else too, and just sort of the whole smarmy thing. It's just, it's just never clicked for me. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, but, I, but again, I, I think everything that we've been talking about here, um, is sort of lending itself that, you know, they're, they're figuring it out, you know, uh, obviously, uh, you know, Tony Khan has, has said many times that he's not, um, you know, he's, he's learning, he's learning on the job, you know, um, but, uh, but I mean, he's still got a great, a great card here. And, uh, and boy, I mean, this is, this is, if not the most highly anticipated AEW pay-per-view, um, that I'm going to buy, it's, it's, it's definitely up in the top few. Oh, it certainly is. And I guess, do we, do we talk about Cody Rhodes? I mean, you had a, one of the, founding executive vice presidents basically announced he's leaving the company. Um, but the thing is, looking at this card, I'm really not feeling that loss. Is that, <laughs> you know, no yeah. offense to Cody, but I'm not feeling the loss. Uh, it's a, still a stacked card. Cody wouldn't turn heel, and then I think everybody just kind of was like, well, if, you, if you're not going to turn heel, I mean, literally the fans were just dying to boo him and for him to turn heel, and he wouldn't do it. And so it's just like, well, all right, man, you know, unless, unless his, his leaving was some giant elaborate work where he's going to come back, but if he's not a heel, man, I don't think anybody's interested. You know, everybody wanted to boo him. They wanted to boo Brandy Rhodes. Um, you know, that was just like tailor made to just be like, okay, you, you could be the most hated man. You could be right. But he wouldn't do it, you know, and by all reports, you know, I guess, you know, there were reports he was talking with the WWE. Now there's reports that those talks have, have, have soured, like that they didn't really get anywhere there. Um, so I don't, I don't know what he's going to do, you know, I mean, if he doesn't sort of come back into this or this isn't some sort of elaborate work where he comes back as, you know, ring of honor president or, you know, or something <laughs> along those lines. Um, that wouldn't shock me actually. It'd be kind of a, if they did an ROH versus, and it, now if you are saying what's something they could do with hangman, if they, if he did, and this would make him even more hated if he doubled back on never challenging for the title went heel and then challenged uh hangman page i mean that'd be about perfect for where he was at you know yeah and again um i i, I never you know fans really really hated cody Rhodes. you know or they, they, they started to and i understand it's because you know they it felt like wwe you know and he was and he was off doing tv shows and everything else like that and so do the fans but but doing all that, man, it just it just set him up to be the perfect heel, and he just wouldn't do it, um, you know. And again, maybe he's going to do it. Maybe it's some elaborate ruse. Uh, but if you know, if we're to believe what you know, what, what sort of the reports are, where it was just like, okay, well, yeah, you know, he didn't, he wasn't involved in booking decisions really anymore, and so that's why he wanted to, 
you know, to to hit it, and, and, and maybe t- Tony Khan was like, "Hey, no, man, you really should turn heel," and he didn't want to do it. That, but but yeah, it, it's it's sort of a head scratcher that they didn't get more out of that, you know, and that it's just that okay, he's gone, you know, they didn't agree to it, and he was just on a handshake deal, and you know, uh, we'll see you when we see you. It's just very 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 puzzling. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe the Ring of Honor. Thing does change that where if they are going to use it as some guys there and, and you know you figure Tony Khan's involved with the Jaguars he's involved with the soccer team he owns he's involved with AEW and he's doing you know he's now editing the dark shows and stuff after that Max Caster rap <laughs> got, got loose there in the fall and almost got you know the acclaimed canceled which would have been unfortunate because I really like them as of late mm-hmm. um but it's like, how many hours in the day does he have? And would Cody take running Ring of Honor as, you know, that part of his legacy where he's kind of uh, booking that? It'll it'll be interesting to see. And and uh, like I said, my my biggest question, and I mentioned it earlier in the show with Ring of Honor, I just want to see what kind of TV TV deal they get or where that's going to be housed, how often they're going to run it. Is it going to be like, you know, uh, a spot sort of thing where it's like, okay, we're going to do – you know, a handful of, you know, Ring of Honor shows throughout the year. And then, you know, yeah. it's always a spot company. It's they always had TV, but what they used to do and I, I when they always came through the loop, I always called it the loop. When I was going in Columbus, they did Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Columbus and then Chicago, like a four day weekend. And it was always like Pittsburgh on Saturday, they would shoot like eight television shows, one hour each leading into the next pay-per-view. They only did about four to seven shows a month, even when they were operating at full capacity. So it's not like they were, you know, it wouldn't take too much to maintain what Ring of Honor was running. Right, right, exactly. Um, You know, I, I wonder if it wouldn't be like, you know, how... How MLW and NWA run where, the, you know, they're filming exactly. you know, throughout the course of a weekend. And now that's that. OK, that's what you're going to see on YouTube for the next two months, you know, um, or will it be or will they try to do something weekly and live and, you know, to kind of keep it uh, sort of a little bit fresher and, and more on par with, you know, uh, with what. AEW is doing, you know, especially if there's going to be a lot of crossover there, but uh, it, it, it will be. It'll be interesting to see. Um, I'm glad that Ring of Honor is not going away, and I'm curious to see how they're going to kind of tie those things, uh, you know, sort of those things together. I mean, there's a lot of wrestling companies going right now, um, and it's 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 sort of wild. I mean, you have MLW, NWA, well, there's Game Changer Wrestling, that's the, and, and, you know, an indie show that's getting a lot of... Uh, you know, more notable matches for better or worse, whether you like the matches or not, depending on what they're getting. Um, you know, now Ring of Honor, Impact. I just saw that Braun Strowman and uh, control your narrative. Cyn, they have a they have an internet TV deal as well, and they're shooting shows. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of a lot. We went from we went from Cliff. We went from the start of this podcast talking about one one company and just praying it would get better to now there's like there's too much now i can't keep up <laughs> oh yeah that's that's the thing if you don't like the you like i remember like six seven years ago i was dying for anything but wwe i was begging pleading anything please and now i mean if you can't find something i don't i don't know that's the fault of a company there's something out there for you if you're interested in wrestling you can 
You know, that's not even getting into stuff like New Japan. <laughs> that's only the American-based ones. I so, know. I mean, there's, there's something. If you like wrestling, there's something out there for you. You can find something. No, no doubt. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to see um, – I was real happy to see kind of NWA not, like, call it quits during the pandemic because it was kind of touch and go there for a little bit whether they were going to be back at all. But I'm glad that they've kind of come back and, and, and they're kind of revving things back up. They, they got the Crockett Cup coming up at the end of the, end of March, which should be pretty – there's some great matches on there that I want to see too. Um, you know, speaking of which, the Briscoes are in that tournament as well. And – uh you know, so they, you know, they're kind of catching their footing again too. And I think over the course of this next year, if they kind of keep doing what they're doing, you know, a lot of those guys are going to kind of come back on the radar and 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 sort of get back in the uh, discussion and kind of recapture that excitement that they had, um, you know, before the pandemic. And uh, and yeah, I mean, and, and we'll see. I mean, MLW, you know, still has some decent talent there. Um, you know, they're kind of getting back into into things as well too. Uh, but. Uh, but yeah, like you said, there's 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 wrestling at at, at at every turn right now. Yeah, and I think NWA has surprised me. I feared they might have been in big trouble after the the stuff that happened during the the Me Too phase wrestling had there during the pandemic that took out. I think it was was it Dave Lagana that got taken out that was basically editing all their shows and stuff. Yeah, he was yeah he was gone, and then you know during the course of the pandemic and stuff too. I mean, you figure they lost Ricky Starks, Thunder Rosa. Um, I mean, there was a lot of talent there that they just kind of let go because like, Hey, go do, you know, we can't, yeah. we can't yeah, keep everything. And, and to Billy Corgan's credit, he paid everybody. I interviewed um, Tom Latimer and Camille, uh, you know, recently they're, they're women's champion. And, uh, you know, they both praised them like, yeah, no, during the, we all, we got paid, we got regular paychecks throughout the pandemic without having to do anything like, which was, yeah. you know, super nice of them to do um you know but uh but yeah they lost a lot so i'm glad to see they're kind of back on the upswing there's still some stuff there that's sort of <laughs> that's that's a little you know uh in, in in not 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 in the wrestling part of it really either because there's a lot of good wrestling there too but uh in some of the some of the announcers the 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 was it may valentine's the one back to interview i'm not sure what what her purpose there is um there's yeah. some, some weird yeah. stuff but yeah. But they're, you know, again, it's, I have to, I have to remind myself, I'm like, all right, well, if I'm, if I watch something and I don't necessarily like it, in that context, NWA just film the next, you know, eight shows you're going to see are from that same set of taping. So it's not going to change for yeah. at least a couple of months. So they start taping again somewhere else. Yeah. And you, I think I saw you recently got to sit down with Matt Cardona. You want to, you want to talk about a guy having a career resurgence. Oh and yeah, he is. He has been on fire on the indies. He is really. You talk about a guy that people decided they wanted to boo and who just owned it and went with it to the nth degree. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's Matt Cardona. <laughs> he's been fantastic. Yeah, he's been great, man. It's been cool to see. Uh, it was great to see him win. Um, you know the NWA belt, and he's going to fight against uh, Nick Aldis uh, for that at the Crockett Cup. Um, which I'm gonna have to again. So there's another one I'm gonna have to order. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, it's it's been good to see. And yeah, he's just going to Indy. I think he holds something like six belts now. He holds the AIW one from Cleveland. He holds he holds two of them from them. I, yeah, he keeps showing like yeah, I think he's got like unified both of them basically. In his they're doing something in Akron coming up with 2.0 listed as uh, the guests of honor. Oh, nice, nice. No, it's so, good. I mean, there's local stuff even around here you can't find. You want to see some national guys? 
there you go, 2.0s on TV about every week. Yeah, yeah, they are, they are, they are too. And 2.0, I remember at first I was like, I'm like, well, why? I think you and I talked about this before. Like, why? Who do these guys know? They're getting so much TV time, but I don't mind them. Like, they're really, they're really good. I mean, they're just sort of the um, the heel team, and they don't, you know, they're not winning a whole heck of a lot, but like, they're just good at what they do. Like, they're good at being those loudmouth sort of heels, and 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 they're 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 good in the ring. And Daniel Garcia is very good too. So it's like, um, you know, seeing those guys, like, I mean, they get it. Like, it's like, oh man, like, you know, I wondered at first, but it's like, you know, now I like when they're there. It's like I, I really like seeing them. Yeah, and it's it's got. I, I remember their catchphrase. They're always saying, "You want a taste," you know. It's hard to get people to remember stuff, but that's what I think of every time I see them. You mm-hmm. want a taste. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so it's been uh, it's been it's been it's been cool to see them too. But uh, but no, Cliff. Well, you know, to, to, to kind of wrap up here, is there anything else we haven't uh, that we haven't touched on? Is there anything from WWE we want to touch on, <laughs> or do we okay. want to? No, no offense to the guys. I just. I can't watch it. I turned it on one night, and I'm seeing a former UFC fighter and Matt Riddle and an Olympic wrestler and Chad Gable engaging in a scooter race. And what yeah. we, I mean, yeah, and this is an Olympic wrestler and a former UFC fighter. What what are you doing? It's not, and it isn't the fault of the guys. I don't, you could put whoever you want on a tricycle. It, it ain't gonna work. That's what happens when you have a, you know, uh, a room full of quote unquote writers who've never watched wrestling and that they're just coming up with nonsense and, uh, you know, boy, and uh, they're, they're kind of pulling at everything too. I don't know if you've seen the rumors that Stone Cold Steve Austin's going to be at WrestleMania. Vince McMahon is going to supposedly be in some sort of match. Against Pat uh, McAfee is what the rumor is. Yeah. And so, um, uh, boy, you know they're 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 pulling at everything, you know, because I mean they let everybody go, you know, so it's just like you know, I mean, how many more guys are out there that are, you know, they have the Undertaker going to the Hall of Fame that weekend, so I mean they're relying on on sort of having all these sort of big names as a part of it, because but again, I I hate that WrestleMania is over two nights, I absolutely hate it, um, and and they're gonna do two nights in a stadium, you know, where they got to sell 200,000 tickets over the course of two days. Like, come on. Like, you know, that's, it's just, uh, yeah, there's not enough there. I mean, I understood when New Japan was doing it because they had two nights of matches. I wanted to see this one. It's like, you can't even get, you can't even get $7 out of me to get WWE on Peacock. I refuse. (laughs) And it's not the fault of the, again, it's just, I look, it's the decisions of management and stuff like Brock Lesnar. No offense. He is an attraction and everything, but he ain't getting any younger and he's in the main event again. Yeah. It's the same over and over again. I mean, how many times have we, how many times has Brock Lesnar faced Roman Reigns? I feel like I've watched that. Three match. WrestleManias now. Three. <laughs> like, like how many more times can we, yeah, they're just going to the well with guys that, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, well, 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 <laughs> Sorry to end this on a on a sour note by bringing up WWE, but uh, but getting back to Revolution, you know, I I, I do think that's going to be great. It's Sunday night, uh, Sunday night from Orlando, I believe. It starts at what seven o'clock is the buy-in, I think. Um, so uh, yeah, it should uh, it, it, it it should be a good one. But uh, but Cliff, no man, it's always it's always good to talk to you talk to you some wrestling and. Uh, oh, it's and, always a great time. I, I always great to catch up. Uh, we always text each other during the the weeks and shows and. And some threads that we can't publish on here. 
No doubt, no doubt. And I think the ne- what's the next one after this is what double or nothing, I believe at the end of end of May, I think is their next uh their next And they are going to Las Vegas finally after the pandemic kind of pushed them out of there the last two years. They kind of sent me a pre-order thing here where I mean at one time you couldn't get tickets at all, but yeah, they're running like the whole week of TV out of Las Vegas, so Nice, uh, yeah. I nice see they're to see them on the road again. No, absolutely. I, I, I see they're going to make their debut in, in Los Angeles at some point here pretty soon, too. So they're kind of starting to spread, spread everything around, which is, uh, which is great to see because you know those, those shows are going to be, you know, uh, they're going to be lightning hot just because of, you know, uh, the, the, the first time they've showed up at a lot of cities, man. So that's going to be a lot of fun, to, uh, a, a lot of fun to see and, uh, and really keep the excitement level up, too. Yeah. Plus, like you said, WWE's released so many guys. It's like they can make news whatever week they want, as long as they're willing to spend the money to acquire somebody. You know what I mean? Right. If you think about, you know, like Johnny Gargano's out there, if they decided one week, oh, you know, this is, we can agree to terms and it financially fits. If it fits from a storyline perspective, you know, you can make news whenever you feel like it and probably get get a bump in the ratings by debuting a guy like that. Mm-hmm. No, no doubt. And yeah, there's still more guys out there and I'm sure there's still going to be more signings to come, especially with them, uh, acquiring Ring of Honor. Um, yeah, Ring so, yeah. of Honor did release everyone though. It's like, they, they, like you said, the Briscoes are there as champions. Um, I think Jonathan Gresham has the world title because he beat Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham's just a great technician. There's, I think you would enjoy him. The knock on him has always been he's, you know, he's like five foot five or five foot six. That's the only knock on Jonathan Gresham. Other than that, I mean, him against Danielson would kind of be a dream match. And then if you're wondering, I, I can explain one of the Adam Cole things that might have perplexed you. Okay. Uh, he wrestled a guy named Khan on Dark and it went a while. Correct. Khan uh, is one of the Ring of Honor's six men champions with Chain Taylor promotions. So he technically has a belt there. That may have been, I don't know, maybe, maybe, you know, I don't know. I may be trying to explain something that, that wasn't the plan at the time, but he is a champion there. He does hold a belt. Well, boy, it sure would have been nice of, uh, AW and their announcers to explain. mention that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, Khan and Shane Taylor and, and I, and my memory is just escaping me. I'm the third member of the team, but they're really good. But yeah, I mean, I hope they would have announced that, 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 that he was a champion. That probably would have built that up a little better and explained some more things. No, I don't think they did because I was watching and I'm like, why is he still going with this guy? <laughs> like, why is this? You know? So yeah, had I known, um, or had they, uh, AEW sometimes is bad at that. It, 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 or, or, or about why you should care about somebody. Sometimes it's just sort of thrown together and it's like, ah, you guys got to tell a little bit, you know, explain. They did, you can't assume, like you said, there's so much going on because I did follow Ring of Honor and I saw a con and I was like, oh yeah, well, you know, He's held the six-man title. Shane Taylor Promotions has had that for, like, I think they just broke the record at the last pay-per-view for longest tenure with those titles. Mm-hmm. Well, that one did intrigue me a little more, but if they didn't explain that, that ain't that's not good. <laughs> you got to explain that why yeah. Andy Cole would be going 20 minutes with him out of nowhere. Right. I just, yeah, I, my buddy and I were just watching, like, why, why is this match still half going on? Like, what, what do we, what, and I think the, I don't think anybody in the, in the, you know, the crowd is, is, is in a dark taping, you know? So there's yeah. like a 
people there too, so they didn't you just seem to you know know a whole heck of a lot either. But uh, but anyways, well that explains it at least. So I feel I feel, I feel uh, uh, a little better about about that now that I know that uh, he, he at least w- was somebody you know uh, even though AEW didn't explain it. But uh, but anyway, yeah, he yeah I I would imagine you'll see those guys because they've been talking about six man titles forever. Why create a new one? Just use the Ring of Honor ones. Mm-hmm. And Shane Taylor's a guy I've been begging them to sign. He was, you know, he's partnered with Keith Lee. He's kind of in that same mold as an enormous guy that does really athletic stuff. And he's from Cleveland. And I don't know. I just love the guy. That's it's someone I want to see anyway. So I don't know. I'm hoping that they just kind of go that route and bring him in. Nice. I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, uh, well, no, Cliff. Well, well, hey, man, we're gonna wrap this up here, but uh, but yeah, um, again, uh, Revolution this Sunday night, uh, seven o'clock on pay per view, and uh, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll have a lot to say here in uh, in the coming months, uh, you know, and in in before the next episode uh, of uh, you know of Pro Wrestling Quarterly before uh, we get to uh, Double or Nothing. Absolutely, pleasure as always, BJ. We better officially. I think we've been trying to wrap it up for 20 minutes. I keep distracting you. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> it's fine it happens well hey man like i said uh, 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 a pleasure everybody join please join us again next time for another episode of uh of pro wrestling quarterly uh i guess i'll do the sign up this time for uh for cliff hickman on bj lisco thanks for listening just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh human remains that are left Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.